What if business could be fun? This podcast is for people who no longer want work to be a four-letter word. It is a comedic look at the myths of work, life, and balance, where we expose the kind of thinking that sucks your will to live, and we replace it with powerful, easy-to-use tools so that you can shift gears and laugh about it all. The only requirement to listen is you need to be human. Hi, everybody. Welcome. This is Elaine Williams, and I am here with Kathy Keegan and our fabulous, amazing guest, Doreen Downing. Did I say it right, Doreen? You sure did. Yay! Woohoo! <laughs> As a comedian, I have butchered some names out of nerves. So this is Still Human Podcast. Kathy and I decided we wanted to bring a podcast about being vulnerable and creating fun and laughing at ourselves and ourselves as we build our businesses as coaches, speakers, authors. And we have the most amazing guest today. Doreen is a therapist. Did I say it right? Is it? A... Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm a, a psychologist. I, a psychologist. And uh-huh. she helps people find their voice from the inside out. And that's mm-hmm. what I do. But when we were talking, I was like, Oh my God, she was dropping these pearls of wisdom and she has this beautiful sense of humor. And I was like, you have to be in our podcast. So without further ado, welcome, Doreen. We're so excited that you're here. Welcome. Yes, I've been looking forward to. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Elaine. Awesome. Awesome. So if people are, you know, don't know you, can you do, just do a little intro about what you do and who you are and who you help? Yes. Well, let's see. Do it briefly or to have fun with it. Oh, have fun, fun with, with it. it. <laughs> you just yeah. don't, I, I always joke like, uh-huh. oh, well, when I was three and then I go, I'm just kidding. Because you can see people go, oh, God, no. <laughs> no uh-huh. Have fun with it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. When I got my Ph.D. in psychology at the University of California, Berkeley, I went into a depression because... I felt like I was going to be stuck in my office, and that just didn't suit me. I had been in the Peace Corps. I had been traveling. I'm a traveling spirit, you know, Mm. like you guys, right? And so the the whole idea of, wow, just uh, planting myself in an office felt not so good. But that's what I did for a long time. And partly I did that because it was safe. I had a fear of speaking in public. (laughs) And there must have been some kind of wisdom to find a profession where all I had to do was sit and listen. And (laughs) yeah, and there's truth to that for sure. I I love listening, but still uh, no, no attention on me. So somebody would ask a personal question and, you know, you get real good at, no, tell me, where did that question come from? (laughs) (laughs) How did that question make you feel as you were asking it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, I could uh, wander around telling you more about myself, but I just thought that I'd start by saying a little something more personal and just eventually finally I was confronted by a organizer who wanted me to speak at a conference and I said, "Oh, not me. No way. I I'm afraid of speaking in public." And the organizer confronted me and said, "But fear's your business." Mm. And uh, that was actually a turning point. And I would wow. say that was a turning point in my life. Fear yeah. is your business. You know, mm-hmm. there. I, I just, I love how you introduced yourself and how you talked about that moment of 
I remember graduating from college and it was one of the most depressing days of my life because I had no idea what to do next. I had a lot of intellectual knowledge, but I had no idea of how to apply it or what to do or a sense of purpose or any of that. And so um, I've had a lot of wake-up calls over the years. I love your wake-up call that it came from someone who just told you, hey, guess what? Fear is your business because there's love and there's fear and everything stems from all of it. Yes. And we I have love to, it. We have to know uh, that. I love what you just said too, Kathy, because it is, do we know what love is? Have we found love? And um, I'm not sure I really knew what love was, which is something Elaine, I know wants to talk about at some point today with me. Uh, yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm like, how long do you guys have? Five hours? Like, let's go. To, I love this. I was just thinking as I was plugging in my Ethernet so I could be a good podcaster, um, trying to be the good girl still. Uh, I was thinking how I, I got one of those like sound things and I've used it a couple of times. And I, I laughed because I realized the reason I wanted it because it would make me feel like a real podcaster. And so once again, I unconsciously bought something for outside validation. And I mean, I guess the gift is it wasn't thousands. Thank you, God. The lessons are getting fewer thousands. And that I could catch it and go, oh, okay. Feeling like a real podcaster, whatever the heck that means, comes from within. And, you know, it's just so interesting Um I feel like I'm constantly trying to catch my insides up with my outsides, but it's getting faster. It's not, you know, taking years, but, um, yeah. So I love that. She said, fear is your business. So I have a question. Did you go on stage at that conference? No, no, she was in the planning stages and I refused. Uh, it really, I was, I have to tell you that even being with other psychologists doing case presentations, maybe just six in the room and you go around when it's your turn, you know, like two people away, one person away, my heart would be beating so fast. And it was just, it hurt my head because the pounding uh, went straight up into my, you know, to my brain. And so it was hard for me to speak even in small groups and just, just one other example, even at my uh, family dinner table, not my immediate family, but, you know, when we have reunions and people gather, uh, I didn't, I didn't want to be the center of attention. I, I always laid back and listen. <laughs> wow. Wow. But, and now you, you know, you've transformed your fear and I, I believe we teach what we need to learn on a whole other level, right? Mm -hmm. And so ironically, that's one of your expertise areas is helping your patients find their voice. Yes, I think that I did my first class. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. And at the time, it was called the Learning Annex, where there were all sorts of uh, learning opportunities. You guys are both nodding your head mm -hmm. like you, you I did know one what in I, New York for sure for sure yeah what was yours what one did you do in New York oh I did like how to travel because I love to travel too I'm like so like excited it was like how to 
make your travel pay for itself. And um, of course, I did stuff about like acting and marketing. Nice. What about you, Kathy? What did you do? Well, I did things like, I don't know if it was learning annex, but I'm familiar with it both from Boston and from New York. So, yeah. Yes. Okay. So the first class was how to overcome your fear of public speaking. And it was terrifying to even, even make the choice to go. So I really understand what people experience when they feel like, oh, I, I could avoid it. And I don't have to really, my life is okay. Because if you really want to change a fear, you have to go toward it. And that was, you know, taking myself over to San Francisco, parking the car, driving up and uh, walking up to the class and then sitting there just heart pounding, scared. And, you know, I already had a Ph.D. in psychology, you guys. <laughs> I know. Doesn't it feel I, like I, I, the way I feel sometimes is that, darn it, haven't I done enough can I get a freebie here? Can I get, you know, do I have to keep working at things? And the answer is yes. And you get to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And yes, we love that, Kathy. I'm sorry. I interrupted. No, I think it, that's it. Yes. And we get to. I, I think that was the perfect, the perfect tagline to that. Interruption. <laughs> no, no, no. What, what, the whole idea that we just keep trying things. Uh, Susan David, uh, who wrote Emotional Agility, talks about courage is fear walking. And mm. that, that idea of going and doing things, that even though we have that oogie feeling wherever it happens to be, I've been trying to repurpose that energy and think of it as the energy I need to show up. Um, it still doesn't feel pleasant, but now I know what it's for. And so I feel like it serves, since it's serving a purpose that's to help me, I feel, I feel okay about it. I feel better about it. Just a little shift that Love I, it. so I want to hear more. So you're in this, you're in the classroom, hoping you never get picked. Your heart is pounding. You're schmitzing. <laughs> you're schmitzing. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, I realized that that was the only way to, to, approach my fear is to go to a class with somebody who was a guide, maybe, uh, I don't know if he was a coach or what, but he had a certain process. And I, I thought that exposing my fear was the key to dissolving it. And so I decided, well, I don't know if it was <laughs> a, a decision, but I did go back to that same class over and over and over again maybe six months, every month I'd show up at his class and uh, just got easier in over time. Uh, and I decided, okay, next, what about Toastmasters? That's a place that people go who have fear of speaking. And I would say that the Toastmasters helped me write a speech and deliver it and get all the ums and ahs out of my speaking, but it still didn't, there was still deep fear standing up in front of people exposing myself and I really wanted to be more of who I am which is an introvert and be okay with that I didn't want to be a you know a prancing kind of around the stage stomping my hand and having vocal variety you know I wanted to just, <laughs> just hey wanna... what's wrong with that <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to be myself whoever that was so uh, next was this whole inner journey, and that, that's what I think 
uh, for me and what I think I offer people is uh, a guide into the inner realms where fear exists. And I do, you know, it's really, if you have a safe guide, you guys know this, mm-hmm. if, if you provide safety mm-hmm. for those and they trust you, it feels like uh, they could go in any dark corner and uh, open their eyes and look at what's so scary mm-hmm. and see the little vulnerable part inside that says, I don't want to come out. People are going to judge me. I'm not going to be liked and I'm going to lose whatever it is that I have to lose. And so just standing there with people as they look at themselves and all the little corners, the pockets of, of the fear that's inside of them. So I think that's just the first step is looking. I, I oh, you just it. you hit on a couple of things. One is uh, repetition, practice, and process. You know, when you went to that class, you discovered that there is a process, and learning what a, learning that process is one of the ways to help prepare you. Practice is a way to continue to prepare for that, and I that has helped me enormously in my life realizing that, oh, there is a process for handling emotions. Mm-hmm. You can make up your own. I got one from somebody else, but it works really, really well. And so that whole idea of a guide, a trusted guide, and that's the other key. You know, Elaine and I have talked a lot about being in certain kinds of, you know, very high dollar investments that we made into certain kinds of coaching, so-called coaching, where it isn't a safe container. They have not created a safe container. And I would say that when you're venturing out for anything, that safe container is the most important thing. You know, has that person who you're drawn to created safety for you? It's just, it's really powerful. Yes. And I think that all my years of training as a psychologist, that's what I, that's one of my strengths is, uh, providing a a learning-inspired environment where people can feel, they can feel the possibility that they have, and they also feel the safety that you're talking about. And the yes, I can. You guys use the yes and. Yes and again. Love it. And And the other thing um, is vocabulary. So the word that you used when you talked about going on stage was expose yourself. So part of my brain said, was she parading around (laughs) naked on the stage or what's going on here? She flashed. You know, she flashed her bottom. (laughs) But that word is a powerful word. And so there's a lot that we can learn by the words that we choose to use to talk about how, how, how we're approaching anything. And so, um, and so I thought, yeah, exposing yourself, exposing yourself mentally, bearing your soul, and opening yourself up to the natural criticism that happens from our, the worst part of, not, not say the worst part of ourselves, but probably the most instinctive part of ourselves um, or unconscious part of ourselves. Or the learned part of ourselves, mm. uh, the way that we were treated or early on, you know, if somebody was judging us, we, in, you know, we, we take that inside of our own brain and make that part of us. Yeah. You know, we carry, we carry those voices. Right. 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's, it's, I always, I always say it's like peeling layers, but it's like unlearning, right? Cause we all grew up with conditioning. Yeah. We all were born into these conversations called American fem identify as female growing up, you know, wh wherever you grew up with whoever you grew up, like there's certain conversations you're just born into that you don't even realize you're swimming around in. So yeah, I love that. The un unlearning. So cool. Hey, someone teased something about love. Who Elaine? What was that? Well, Doreen mentioned it and I, you know, I'm so fascinated. I just came back from a vacation with my sister, her husband, their two kids and another family. And it was so awesome. But my re-entry was really hard. I, I have been crying and I think it's kicked up a lot of family stuff. And like, I think there's been some guilt and regret. And, you know, I always wanted to be able to be in a position that I could help with college because I love being an aunt and, you know, whatever. Anyway. So, I mean, the gift is I've been able to like lean into it, but yeah, I was, I was the opposite of love last night. I would, I was like self-hatred city. That's me. So let's talk about love instead, please. We all can work on that. Well, we, I think, Kathy, you mentioned it's either fear or love. And that's um, when, when I was way back when in more of my fear, I think I didn't really know about love around the, you know, yes, I, I bring kindness and generosity into my sessions. Uh, you could say I've got. I would say that one of my biggest gifts is my heart. I, I'm very heartful. But I think actively loving and really understanding what that meant, I'll have to admit that it wasn't until my 50s when I met uh, my husband. Really? Oh, that's wonderful. Can you tell us more about that? Because I think that's so cute. I, I knew you wanted to hear a little bit about that. <laughs> and I think it actually does relate to my recovering my voice, finding my voice and knowing who my real true self is inside and what I wanted. And so the men I must have been attracted to were not right. And thank goodness I didn't settle for something that wasn't right for me. And I think, again, it had to do with me uh, being able to speak up and say, no, not you, <laughs> no, not you. There are a lot of no, not you's. <laughs> uh, can I resemble that remark? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So do you feel like you had come to a place in your evolution and healing that you finally in your 50 and, and I, you know, I just wanted our, our listeners to hear this because I'm in my fifties and I have several girlfriends who are single and who are kind of languishing a little bit about it. And I'm always like, it's never too late, but you, you got to get out of your house. You got to get be from behind your computer. But can you just take us like, how did you meet your husband or tell us a little bit about that journey? Let's see. I met Earl in grammar school. Uh, he was a little skinny kid with big ears and bright blonde hair. <laughs> and uh, I was, I, let's just say I matured early in life. I think you two might understand what that means. <laughs> yes. And uh, through high school, we were just friends. And he was student body president. I was the head of the cheerleaders and school 
spirit commissioner. So that we were active in, in school. So I knew him that way. But it was 20 years later that uh, I met him at a reunion. Yes, high school reunion. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a place to uh, go back in time and say, ooh, uh, hmm. what? yeah, you know, this person has matured in such a way that uh, he's very attractive. But again, I think it has to do with um, uh, knowing yourself, knowing who you are and knowing what I was attracted to so many wrong people, I have to say, you know, that matched my family history, alcoholics, people who were at a distance, unavailable, bottom line, unavailable. Oh, that used to be my favorite thing to do, right? The bad boys. Yes. They're so cool that he's so aloof. I, I understand him like nobody else. Oh. I don't know if you ever said that to yourself, but yeah, yeah, this is a whole, whole conversation we could have around that, Elaine. Wow. So just basically, uh, it took several years because we were pretty ensconced in our lives, me building my business and he building a family. But uh, we got together uh, finally in our 50s and when the time was right and the readiness was there and I'd done many classes on how to find your soulmate and I was really on a search. I mean, gee, I had a PhD, I had a business, I had a book, I had all these things. It was like, next, marriage. Right. <laughs> no, it doesn't happen until it happens. And so uh, I, I guess where we're talk- what we're talking about is love. Uh, this person is is uh, love on steroids. He's just uh, a loving human being. And I think I've learned because of, Elaine, you talk about your own history. I think because of our histories, we close ourselves down and make ourselves unavailable and make choices. And um, so it, it takes a lot to reach me. <laughs> And he was patient, and I feel like he reached the deepest parts of my heart. And I know, I know what love feels like. Feels like now. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Doreen. Like I, I just want people listening. Like it's never too late, right? And yes, I mean, I think if you, if anything resum- resonates about like I'm always picking unavailable people, there might be a part of you that's unavailable. You know, ask me how I know. I have the T-shirt, the bumper sticker, the you know, <laughs> and you know, Kathy. I I would love if you wanted to chime in for whatever you feel comfortable with. You know, you have a delightful marriage, and you you know, you went and bought frozen mice because you took vows. Like you yes. picked up frog poop because you took vows. Like that's love. I know. Man. I I go and buy superworms. Yes, for that very reason. Um, yeah, it, it, and it was, you know, for me, um, I was, I had really relegated myself to the spinster aunt, you know, we had already had some examples of that in my family. So I was just going to be the one that was really, really great with all the nieces and nephews and plan all the family activities. And, you know, I can't say this enough. People kept telling me this and I thought they were idiots, but I'm just going to risk it and say, when the time is right, the time is right. If it doesn't feel right, it's not right. 
It's as simple as that. If you have to talk to 50 million people about whether it's right, it's not right. And so I met I met my husband um, for the first time at the Oat Brand in a bread and circus, which later became Whole Foods. And what? The Oat Brand? Yes, we were at the Oat <laughs> Brand. I was with a friend and she knew him and introduced me and we were comparing our day planners like he had a day runner or a day timer i had a franklin planner this is isn't that i know it's a heck of a story film at 11 um <laughs> then uh you know after a while um there was this, there was a party that a friend of mine had and i was invited there and it turned out he was also invited there and so when when we started chatting, we hit it off so well. We both were singers and we knew some pretty obscure composers and we'd sung their works. And we got along so well that I was so convinced I'd met my new gay friend. And so when he wanted to take my number for coffee, I'm like, sure, absolutely. And um, he called me the very next day, which for him was like really holding back. And he asked me if I wanted to, you know, go out on a date, not before he had asked me how I was feeling and how I talked about there was this guy I had a crush on and da-da-da-da-da-da-da and this, that, and the other thing. And he said, wow, this is a really great conversation, but, you know, uh, I am asking you out on a date. And, um, and, you know, and he said, and some people have thought that I'm gay because he knits, but he stunt knits, right? That's kind of a guy thing, don't you think? Stunt knitting. He doesn't like stand in crazy positions when he knits, but he knits really complex stuff. He's a composer, a playwright, uh, an editor. And so um, I was mortified. A chef. A chef, yes. And I was, I was mortified. And at that time, this is pre-iPhone, I said, oh, my God, thank God we don't have picture phones because I was... I was absolutely mortified. But what had to happen for me when you talk about building those walls and retreating inside, I had to think this person was totally unavailable to me for me to be my actual self Mm. and just be who I was and play and have fun and chit chat. You know, I was so guarded and well defended. You know, mm. so anyway, that's it's my um, that's that's the story. And so I call it the winter of my content, unlike Richard's, <laughs> which was a discontent. And um, we've been together ever since. And that was when I was about 36 or 37. You know, by that time, most of my other family members were married or in relationships, having children. And you know what? We're not on the same time clock. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's chronological time and then there's Kairos, which is our time or the time it takes or the right moment. And it doesn't necessarily mm. come in chronological order. I'm going here. I'm going here. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And people get upset when it doesn't go in that order because you're like, you should by now insert activity that you think they should have achieved by now. Mm. So, so great. Doreen, can you see why I call her? Like, I, you know, I, we call it ledge talk. I'm like, Kathy, do you have a minute? I'm, I'm messed up in my head and, you know, and she'll, it's so great. And that's, that's been one of the biggest gifts. And that's why we were like, oh, we have to start this podcast to help the people who are in the masterminds, but they're not going at the right pace, whatever that mm-hmm. is, or the people who 
have done lots of different things, but they feel like, oh, my business isn't, you know, I, I have yet to meet an entrepreneur lately who's like, oh, I'm, my business is me. You know, so many people are like, well, I'm not doing this. Da, 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 da. I'm like, we all have so much judgment about where we think we're supposed to be, but it's like, according to who? Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. You're what both of you are talking about right now. I think back when I was sitting in my office, I have a book called You Can't Hurry Love. And that would inspire me around in my search for a partner. And I think that's pretty much what you just said, Kathy, too. Around now, is that time. book for sale? If, if, we, if you look it up on Amazon, I don't remember the author. Oh, I thought you were the author. I thought that was your book. Uh, no, my book is Essential Speaking, The Seven-Step Guide to Finding Your Real Voice. And so I think that the real voice is what helped me find uh, my partner. And not only that, be able to say, I'm scared. You know, I have abandonment issues. So like when he would leave to go on a business trip, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't want you to go, you know, and he was, you know, just the kind of gentleness and the kindness to be with me as I was dissolving some of those old wounds and, you know, he would return. So that helps. That helps like, oh, he's back. Yay. You know, and that uh, he didn't go away forever like my mother did <laughs> and like right. my father did. So, right. Ah, what a beautiful gift. You know, I, I always think it's so cool when you get to be with people or parent the way you wish you had been parented. And even maybe that's like self-parenting or, you know, when you can be with a healing partner. So, um, well, that's great, Doreen. So, you know, I'm just curious, do all of your clients come seeking self-expression in their voice? Or some people are like, I'm neurotic. I want help with this. I, I mean, can you tell me like what kind of people you usually work with? <laughs> That was funny the way you said that. that uh, I'm neurotic <laughs> to have somebody say, yes, I am. I would say that uh, initially it, when I got out of Berkeley and started my practice what, 40 years ago, uh, I was more working with uh, people who self-identified as having some kind of problem in their life. And I didn't really want to specialize. I love, I mean, it's kind of like, travel like what am I going to get to see next hour mm, right what you know? gift what kind of gift are we opening yes 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 what kind of challenge what so it, it wasn't until you know that moment when I was confronted about my own speaking did I realize boy I had a lot to learn I learned a lot and then I made it into my coaching programs my find your voice change your life uh, coaching programs and so right now I transitioned from being a straight up psychotherapist. Okay. Wow. Do I bring that to helping people uncover, helping people get at the roots of their speaking anxiety, and then also helping them. We haven't said much about this yet. Uh, you're talking about love, but presence, finding the way to be fully present in the now Ah, connected to who you are and speaking, expressing yourself from this core essence, unique human being that you are. 
Wow. Wow. Oh my gosh. I love it. Well, I want to get your book because, you know, I do my own version of that. And I'm just fascinated because I think our voices say so much, right? And I am working with this amazing young woman. She's in financial planning and her outgoing message. We've been working together about a month. I said, how old is your outgoing message? And she said, it's about two years old. I said, yep. Said, we got to redo that because it sounds like, hi, this is so-and-so with so-and-so. I'm saying all the right words, but I hope you like me. Am I doing it right? I think I'm doing, am I doing it right? Like there's so much of that. And I'm like, you had two years of experience and success and training and wisdom let's re-record it because you're a different person. And I find that happens so many, you know, do you ever go to networking and you know somebody and then when they introduce themselves, they're like, hi, I do, you know. So anyway, I'm I'm just fascinated by what we do with our voices. And I, I love helping people tap into that core power. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's peeling away layers and, Kathy, do you want to add on to any of that? Well, uh, what you're saying is, yes, yeah, speaking from, you know, when you're, when you're actually speaking from where you're meant to speak, your breathing is the way it should be, your posture is the way it should be. And so it, it, it's something very critical and foundational to be able to find that place because you're right. There are times when some people, you know, when you hear that voice, you can just tell that someone's not in their register. And so what is that saying? You know, it's saying exactly how you just diagnosed it, Elaine. That was just beautiful how you put it. So wind back up a little bit, guys, and listen to what she just said about that, because I loved how you put that. It was perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you. So, Doreen, I could talk with you. We could talk with you forever. But um, I would love, you know, if you could tell our listeners who you work with, how they can find you. Tell us the name of your book again. What's your social security number? Oh, just kidding. Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, uh, Kathy earlier talked about process, you know, that, that once you know that there's a process and that's what I've designed based on my own journey, my inner journey and going to all these programs and putting it together into seven secrets is what I call them because because the first step in finding your voice is learning about how to be ooh, still, how to drop down into this vast, grounded, still place inside. And mm. uh, the second is being fully present, how to, how to, what techniques you can use to find to be totally in the now so that from stillness with presence, you can gaze out softly. That's the third secret is being having a soft gaze when you speak. And then listening is the fourth secret. Listening in such a way, uh, not that you're the speaker, but you're the listener. So we turn it totally around into how do you be in front of people being a listener? And that's... (laughs) That's it, it has to be really felt and it's an experience and it's hard to teach, but that's what part of my coaching is about. And then tapping into the fifth secret, which is 
this core that we are all talking about today, the core essence, the positive spirit, the totally absolute, most strong, positive spirit of who you are. In, and nobody could ever take that away. And it's mm-hmm. what I hid. It's what we hide because it's so vulnerable. But once we make it into a strength, it's like my heart. I think my heart is my strength. But I had to bury it and put walls around it for so long. But it's my strength. And now it's open. You know, I I love, I let people in. (laughs) And then the seventh secret is connection, which is connecting to that core inside of you. But also learning how to connect to the core beauty inside of other people. And then the last last secret is, uh, well, it's what most programs talk about. Just be yourself. But they often start with just be yourself. Being yourself is a journey. And so that's what I feel like I, that's (laughs) that's what I do. Thank you. Put that at the end, please. I I can't, you know, I'm, I'm 53 and a half. And when people like, just be yourself for most of my life, I've been like, I don't know what that means. Like, where do I land with that? Because I, there's so many voices and characters in here you know right just be yourself as an outcome you know it really is yeah love it that's love it doreen oh it's so beautiful so if people want to find you where do they find you well i think a good i'm doreen d-o-r-e-e-n so doreen seven steps.com i think would be the best place doreen seven steps.com uh, it would be the best way to engage and get my seven secrets uh, the website is essentialspeaking.com essentialspeaking essentialspeaking.com i love it well it's speaking from the essence of who you are right yes That's I, what I, I love it yeah so great well, thank you so much for being here today. I could talk all day long, but I'm like, I, I'm like, Elaine, don't, you know, just don't go on a rant here. And Kathy Keegan, who is the most amazing speaker, author, coach too, she helps people if you feel stuck at work, like you're going to, you know, lose it, or you're, you're not sure if you want to stay, or you know, I got to get out. She helps you in any of those areas. She really, her mission is to help relieve needless workplace suffering. Am I right, Kathy? Oh, yes. Forget anything? Yes. So much of it is um, self-inflicted, not necessarily by you, but by humans. Let's face it. If you work somewhere and there are other humans there, um, then we should talk. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not a robot, uh, we should talk. And so people find you at your fabulous, fabulous website, Kathy Keegan. That's K-A-T-H-Y-K-E-E. G-A-N, Kathy Keegan. Dot com. Uh, yeah, she's an amazing, amazing coach. And she might break into song, but you'll love it. So it'll be funny. And Elaine, um, you know, I really want people to be able to learn how to tell their tales and to do it in a way that's so much fun. And I got a chance to work with Elaine a few years ago. And it was amazing. The first call, it was just sort of like, I felt like I had just been embraced in a big, huge Snuggie of, of support and, and inspiration. And that's what you bring. It's really oh something. My God. 
And so, Elaine, how do people get in touch with you if they want to look, sound, feel better on camera and be able to tell a story about who they are that comes from that place of who we are? Wow. Well, thank you. I love that's the nicest thing. A Snuggie. I, yes, I, because I believe when we feel safe and supported, magic happens, Mm. right? Like magic, it's healing. It's, you know, we all have this voice. We all come to the earth in the moment, right? We're not holding on. We're like totally in the moment. We want what we want. And then, you know, we get socialized inside voices. Don't say that. And we get like put in this box and, you know, I'm like, come be free. So anyway, thank you so much for the kind words. And I, yes, I do. I have captivatethecrowd.com with C's captivate the crowd. And I do a masterclass. I'm doing a deep dive into story next Wednesday, how to use story and weave it through everything that you do, which is marketing, but don't tell anybody. And, um, and yeah, I'm, thank you so much for listening. We, we were so grateful to have you. And if there's some topic you want us to explore, please invite us, comment, message us wherever you're finding our podcasts. And I just um, want to say thank, thank you. you. Oh. Thank you again to Doreen for bringing such groundedness, presence, and wisdom to our podcast today. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very grateful. And I have one other question, which is is it the number seven or seven spelled out in your website address? In your, in your, either, yes, either way. Oh, awesome. Uh, number oh. seven. Yeah. Oh, snap. Yes, I took care of that. Brilliant. <laughs> no, she's brilliant. Isn't it so brilliant? Because sometimes the simplest thing, you're like, well, who is this person? Ah, so. This is a wise well, woman you, you need ladies. to know. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Thank you so much for spending time with us. And thank you, everybody. Have an awesome, awesome day, morning, week. Bye. So long, everybody. Bye. Thank Bye-bye. you. Yay, you made it to the end. Thank you so much for listening. We're so excited you were here. Feel free to reach out at stillhumanpodcast at gmail.com or Kathy at kathykeegan.com or Elaine at captivatethecrowd.com. See you next time.